Hi, you are now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Today you will hear a sermon from Pastor Frank Pizor. So without further ado, here he is. All right, well, looking around, um, the sermon today is on taking the path of most resistance. And what I'm going to ask you in a moment is to take a path of most resistance. Because usually when you ask adults to move, the path of least resistance is what we do, and everyone sits waiting for someone else to move so I don't have to. But I'm going to ask you to move because Andy Choi here, who's leading table two, is sad that no one here is with him. And uh, Brett showered, and uh, he's at table seven, and he's just got two guys with him. So I'm gonna, if you've got a table that has eight people in it, if you could move to a table that maybe has three or four, uh, table three here with Hans and Susie has just Amanda. Let's move, let's coalesce and uh, make sure everybody's taking. If you're sitting at a table that doesn't have a number, I won't mention Shiji's name or anyone else that's sitting at his table, you might want to move and sit at a table where we actually have some communion stuff set up because we are going to have communion. And uh, so if you're at a table, there's no number. Take the path of most resistance, rise to the occasion, and move somewhere. That'd be great. Uh, I got a feeling, yeah, you guys might, might want to move just because it looks like, yeah, you could do that. All right, excellent. Now, while at your table, if you could do us a favor, if you could fill out your name tag, you might be sitting at a table where you know everyone, which uh, isn't necessarily the purpose of Connection Sunday, but there might be someone who you don't know at your table, and it would be good for you to fill out that name tag for them. All right, well, if you want to open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to look at verses 25 through 32. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 25 through 32. And we're going to talk about relationships and taking the path of most resistance rather than the path of least resistance. God's word says, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with his hands, that he may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only that which is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, 
forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Have you ever had to end a relationship because it was just too much work? Uh, Years ago, I remember hearing Donald Trump say something along these lines after his divorce with Ivana. He said, uh, marriage is just too much work. Uh, If I wanted to work, I wouldn't want to spend time building a relationship, but I'd rather be making and closing deals. Now, what I hear is, for him, it was too hard to build that relationship. The path of least resistance is to simply get divorced and then be free to be able to do whatever it is that you want to do. I think it's really hard for us to really stick to it in terms of relationships because I think it's really hard for us to love others more than it is to love ourselves. There's a struggle there. And so the path of least resistance is to say, you know what? We have this relationship. I've tried. I've worked at it. Nothing seems to be changing. So you know what? I'm just going to quit. It's a lot easier to simply move on. Now, I'm 47 years old. I know that surprises you because I don't look that old. I look younger. Hey, take it easy there. And at 47, sometimes I feel the path of least resistance says, you know what? If you are going to bother me at 47 years of age, I don't have time for this. I'm going to move on. And I think what we're going to look at today and seeing that as the path of least resistance is not the path that God wants us to travel on. It's kind of like working out. When you work out, there is a form of resistance that you experience that helps you to grow stronger. And what you do is you continue to put more weight on, not on your body in a sense, but more weight on with whatever you're lifting because you want to get bigger and you want to get stronger. Those who just go there, and sometimes when I used to go to Cardinal Fitness, which is now Charter Fitness, and you'd see these guys you know, doing the 10-pound things, you're like, what are you here for? It's not really doing anything. You need to get bigger and stronger. And if you want to get bigger and stronger, you can't take a pill that will make you bigger and stronger, but you'll actually have to get off your duff and exercise. Uh, Let me just show you a picture. Can you put up that first picture? On the left is the path of most resistance. On the right, the path of least resistance. Okay, come on, let's admit it. Which one do you want to look like? Right? We all want to look like that guy on the left, except for me because I like that guy on the right. Relationally today, you can put that down now. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> a little faster on that there, Stephen. <laughs> today, what I want to look at in this chapter is in building community and how we want to take that path of most resistance in order for us to grow ourselves in order to grow as a community, but to see a bigger picture of what it really means. Because there are a lot of things at stake when we take the path of least resistance. And there are a lot of blessings to be had when we take the path of most resistance. It affects our community. It affects the way we see the gospel and its power. And it affects the way that we see God, who he is, and what he's done in our lives. Well, let's go on. Let's look at the passage and see what... Paul is saying here, 
Verse 25 again. He says, therefore, (coughs) each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Now, Paul's going to list five different things that we'll call commands today. Five contrasts. Here's one thing you can do, and here's something else that you can do. And the first one is pretty simple. You can put off falsehood, or you can speak truthfully in the midst of your relationships. Now, you have to understand a little bit of the context of Ephesians as a whole. And the context is Paul dealing with the body of Christ. And one of the cool things about being a part of the body of Christ is that we are family. And in the second and third chapter, he talks about how Jews and Gentiles, people who were enemies in their nature, in a sense, to not like each other, have now come together and have been a family. They've been, a made, they've been made a family by God. He has brought them into his family. And here is Paul is going to start talking about relationships. What he's ultimately going to want us to see, it's not just simply let's do a whole bunch of things, but let's be someone and see the fruit of that being someone shown in our relationships. See, following Christ, if it's just a list of do's and don'ts, can be somewhat easy if we want to fool people. But it's much more difficulty. There's much more difficulty in trying to fool God who knows where we're really at. And in Ephesians 1 through 3, in the context of all of this, Paul is saying you need to sit in Christ. And then in chapter 4, he says, now walk worthy. Now let's see how this works. First one, falsehood versus speaking truthfully. The path of least resistance is to lie. If you do something wrong, sometimes it's really hard to admit, number one, that you've done wrong, and then let alone tell the truth. I can remember when I was a little kid, and uh, we were playing in the alley, and uh, obviously lived in Chicago, because if you're in the suburbs, there's no such thing as an alley. But when you're in the city, we have alleys. And uh, one day, me and my friends, we were playing by this garage, and we were playing with matches and paper, and, you know, it's kind of cool to see things uh, come on uh, to get lit on fire. So we put out the fire, because it was getting a little bit scary, because you don't want something to happen. And uh, we put the stuff uh, right by our neighbor's garage. Well, you can guess what happened, right? The garage starts to burn. <laughs> A few hours later, mind you, because for some reason it had smoldered. And so, you know, the fire department comes and they put it out. It wasn't a big fire. They really didn't lose anything, but it was still a fire. So the neighbors go, hey, you know, you guys are playing out and back. Uh, Do you know if anyone lit anything on fire? And you know what I said, right? I said, I did it. I apologize. My parents have State Farm Insurance. They will cover the damages, right? No, you know what we said? I have no idea. I mean, you don't want to get in trouble because if your parents find out that you have started this fire, you're going to get grounded. I didn't want to get grounded. The path of least resistance was to say, I didn't do it. I lied. It's easier than speaking what the truth is. It's a lot easier for us in relationships to lie when we've hurt someone or done something wrong that we know that we shouldn't have rather than to simply speak the truth. Paul says, put that off. Get rid of it. Take the path of most resistance. Do the harder thing and speak the truth. But he gives a second thing. Then he goes, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. The idea here is that sometimes anger is right. But most of our anger, I think, is personal. Not necessarily righteous or what God wants. So what is the path of least resistance and the path of most resistance? 
the path of least resistance is to get angry and the path of most resistance is to swallow your pride. Now, I'm sure that we've talked about this before, but how many of you think, and you don't have to raise your hands on this, how many think that you are the best driver on the road? I think many of us would argue and say, I am the best driver. And I would confess that I struggle with that myself. And sometimes when someone cuts me off, I get angry. Or when someone does a jerk move, I get very angry. And in my mind, I begin to plan ways on how I can get in front of that person, showing my driving skills are better than their driving skills to get my revenge. Does anyone else do that? Or am I the only messed up person in this congregation, right? It is easier to get angry and to express that rather than to swallow my pride. It's the same thing in relationships. When someone has hurt us or offended us, it is easier to say or express our anger rather than swallowing our pride and dying to ourselves. The third thing Paul goes on and he says this. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with his own hands that he may have something to share with those in need. Again, the path of least resistance is to steal and the path of most resistance is is to work or be diligent. Now, let's just take a quick survey. How many of you steal here? Okay, nobody's going to raise their hand on that one. Oh, I steal all the time, dude. (laughs) I'm missing money in my wallet. Let's have a conversation afterwards, right? No, most of us don't steal, but we steal in other ways, shapes, and forms, especially when we work. We're not always giving our best. The path of least resistance is, you know what? When there's nothing going on, And -and so-and-so with the other cubicles surfing the net? Why don't I? I can do that. And yet, relationally, the call is for us not to steal, but to work diligently. The path of most resistance is to keep working hard. I would have to confess that I prefer sitting on the couch to exercising. Anybody else with me with that? Isn't that kind of nice to just kind of sit back and go, man, I just want to watch somebody else run around and play basketball and football rather than me getting out there and doing it. Why? Because it's just too cold. The path of least resistance is to sit and be lazy rather than to be diligent. But Paul goes on. He says this. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Here's Paul's idea. It is easier to tear down than to build up. It's easier to criticize than to bless. Don't you find that easy? You know, you may come home uh, from work, and uh, when you get there, it's like, hey, how come the house isn't clean? What have you been doing all day? Where's my dinner? What's going on here? without really trying to understand what's going on and to be a blessing and to benefit the words that we speak. Now, I have a problem with this. I have a problem not because of the verse itself, but because of who I am as a person. I like to take a person's name and warp it. I have nicknames for just about everybody. And I know that I've shared this with you before, but when I think of A.J. Perzinski, and he doesn't really play as well as I would like him to, even though he's had some good seasons. I call him AJ Pure Stinky. I do that with a whole bunch of names. Some of you are wondering, what's my nickname for you? I will not tell you. I will keep that quiet. The path of least resistance is for me to vomit that up rather than to speak words of blessing. 
fact, we were watching uh, the Bulls game the other day, and my wife reminded me how my dad, when he was alive, looked at me one day as we were watching sports, and he said, is that my son? Kind of look because of the things that I was saying. It is easier to criticize than it is to bless and build up. But here's the tough one. Verse 31. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. The path of least resistance is to hold on to your grudges and let them build into bitterness. The path of most resistance is to forgive. And again, I've probably said this before, but if you are like me, when someone offends me and offends me deeply, I am either plotting or rejoicing in their demise. That is the path of least resistance in relationships. It is easier to sit back and hope and plan that someone will fail than it is to go and say, you have hurt me, but I forgive you. Now, I don't want to minimize or trivialize the pain that you have experienced at the hands of other people. That would be utter foolishness. I would say in a congregation of this size, even with those who are in seeds, that someone in here may have been sexually abused. And for me to stand up here and say, you know what? You just got to forgive and put it behind is a platitude. I'm not saying that you don't have to or that you don't have to get to that place. But I want us to see that the path of most resistance, the one in which we will grow more, is to actually go beyond the normal or natural grain of our thinking and living. And enter into a realm of the spirit and take the path of most resistance to find that we grow stronger in our faith in Christ. Now, here's what you've just heard. You have heard five different contrasts, comparisons, and said, those are a lot of things to do. You might have even checked out and said, you know what, with all of those things that have to be done and all of the weaknesses that I have, thank God for the grace of God, but this is good enough for me. I understand what you're trying to say. If you've said that, or if you haven't said that, I want us to see something much deeper in this passage and why it is that we must take the path of most resistance to grow spiritually and why it's the path that we want to take in the first place. I'm going to give you contrasts and comparisons for three reasons. Number one, it is better to take the path of most resistance because it reveals our love for the family of God. Or, to put it differently, to take the path of least resistance, it destroys the family of God. Look at this. Verse 25. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor. For we are all members of one body. What Paul is saying is, we are a body. We are a family. And you need to put off these things that destroy family for a reason. Because we are family. Picture this. Can you put up the runner? All right, I don't know if you can see this. But the man on the left in the yellow is running with prosthetic legs. I'll be honest with you, when I look at this picture, I have no idea how he's winning. But he is. But here's the picture, and you can turn that off now. Here's the picture of what Paul's trying to say. We are all members of the same family, the body of Christ. 
to continue on the path of least resistance, to do these negative things that destroy the fellowship is like chopping off a limb. It's not specifically said here, but it's what Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians. It's kind of like chopping off your leg and saying, okay, I'm done with that. I have two legs. Now I have one, but I still have one leg and I get around. Or you know what? I don't need a left hand because I'm not left-handed. I do everything with my right hand. So if you take my left hand, big deal, no what? No, it is a big deal. It's a huge deal. It is your body. It is one body. If one part hurts, every part hurts. Why do we take the path of most resistance in relationships? Because we are a family. It's not something that we do because we're supposed to do. It's because we are family. We love one another. Jesus said, people will know you are my disciples because you love one another. Is it easy to love someone? Even difficult people? No, it's not. I've been reading a book by Gary Chapman and he says, usually in marriages after two years, when the Eros kind of friendship love and the obsession of loving one another has worn off, marriages will struggle because now they're going, oh, I don't really love this person like I used to. And they say by the seventh year, you get the seventh year itch and you realize this person that you don't know that you really love, you just move on. And he says, you've missed the point of what real love is. Real love is learning how to love one another and working at it to put the other person first and to bless them. Because when you are husband and wife and you come together, you become one. And to rip that apart is painful. In a church, in the midst of relationships, the path of least resistance is to look and say, I have a conflict with that person. Tired of them. I have tried so hard to get along with them. I've tried so hard to bless them. And they are just, they're just, you just can't. We might even be able to think of someone in our midst who is constantly negative. You're trying to help them and bless them. And they're just negative and they're criticizing. And they're just a real downer overall in the midst of your life. And maybe even your small group and the church. But the path of least resistance is I wish nothing to do with you which is not what God calls us to do, but the path of most resistance because we are family. We are members of one body. There's a lot at stake. The world looks at us and says, do you really believe you are family? Do you really believe that God is your father and that you are a functional family? Let's see it. Well, yeah, I love everybody, but yeah, not really them. The world looks at us and says, Oh, so you really don't believe your family because family pursues family. One of the things in my family, we have a, uh, had a church, not church, a family conflict. I'm going to say probably in the sixties, right? When I was born, uh, I don't remember what happened, but I just know that there's a separation with one side of our family. The blessing uh, that's been in that is I've able to meet one of the daughters of my cousins. Who's part of this family that's not really in fellowship with our family and to bring fellowship back with her has been absolutely exciting and it's been a blessing because the person who brought us together is mr st Clair, who works with her and it's just really cool to see how god works and it's an opportunity to see the family together people see that and they go wow 
that really is family. So all these years that you have pursued a relationship with them, and sometimes I've written my uncle letters and said, hey, uh, you've blessed me in this manner, and I've never heard from him. But to finally meet his granddaughter and become friends, even Facebook friends, which means something, is a blessing. You see what I'm saying? It's not just about doing right. It's about being family. But it doesn't stop there. Here's the second thing which I think is important. When we take the path of most resistance, it reveals the power of the gospel versus robbing the power of the gospel. Slip down to verse 30. Paul says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. The idea in the midst of relationships, we can grieve the Holy Spirit. How? We can do the negative things, the five negative things that I talked about. Well, Paul says, do not grieve the Spirit whom you have been sealed for the day of redemption. Do you believe the gospel? Do you believe that Jesus Christ can redeem people, can redeem relationships, can redeem circumstances? I think every one of you here basically is going to say, yes, I really, truly, absolutely believe that. But let me say this much. When you say, I am tired of this person, I have had it, I can no longer be in relationship with them, there is no hope. What you have said is that there is no power in the gospel in this person or in this instance or in this relationship or circumstance. The gospel can't do it. God cannot redeem everything. Now, there's probably a theological argument in that. But when we say quite clearly that I am done with you, I want nothing to do with you. You have hurt me. You have offended me in ways that you cannot imagine. That's it. I'm done. We have said the gospel is powerless. Now, that doesn't mean that when you have a broken relationship, that immediately things are going to pop in and everything's going to be great. I think life teaches us pretty clearly that many times there is a process to healing. The place that God wants us to get to with the gospel and seeing its power is walking together through that process, sticking with each other through good and bad. I mean, I would have to confess that we're probably married for 21 years more because my wife is gracious and kind and compassionate. And the power of the gospel is at work in her heart because of the person that I can be sometimes. She doesn't give up. Sometimes, you know, I'm sure she probably feels like it. In fact, I remember she once said to me that Ruth Graham... When asked, have you ever thought about getting a divorce with Billy? She said, no, I've never thought about divorce. Murder? Yes. Divorce? No. I'm sure my wife might have been thinking the same thing. I don't know. (laughs) What does it say? It says there is power in the gospel. That this can be redeemed. I will not give up. You may struggle. You may hate it. You may find that it's difficult. You may even get angry that you have been pushed into pressing on. But it reveals the power of the gospel in our hearts and that we truly believe if we stick with it. Why? Because that's what Christ does with us. Are we not a work in progress? 
does he say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You've been following me for 20 plus years and you still struggle with the same thing. Enough is enough. I am done with you. I cast you aside. No, because that is not the gospel. The good news, not the okay news, but the good news is that Christ can redeem. And when he does, he sticks with it till the end. Third thing that's at stake here. What is the better? What is better about the path of most resistance? It reveals our desire to honor God and his work in our lives or lessons on the flip side. Look at it here. Verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. It's not only about the gospel, but it's also about your view of God. When you say, I cannot forgive, what you're saying is, God, it's not about you. It's about me. And I just can't do it. I don't trust you at all. Because what is forgiveness? It is a statement of trust. And when you're dealing with it with God, you're saying, God, no matter what, I will forgive. I may get hurt again. Or I probably will get hurt again. But I am going to trust that you, God, are in control. And I'm going to say something about you when I forgive this person. And it's going to be this. It is that you are bigger than this relationship. You are bigger than than my personal feelings. You are worth everything to me. In you, I see great value. And as, if, as I have been forgiven in Christ by you, that to me is glory. And to experience that glory is not to say I am through with you, but to say, God, I will walk with you through this no matter what they do and how they respond. That is the path of most resistance. That is the path of spiritual growth. Growth. Because the call that God has in our lives is to be like Jesus. And that is the path of most resistance. It's a difficult path. Can we put up Heath's drawing again? Did we put it up in the first place? I don't remember. It's a good drawing. Look at the struggles that those people are getting up to the top of that building. You know, when I saw that picture, you know what I'm thinking? Man, where's the elevator? Path of least resistance. And I like the one guy who's hanging on to the other guy who's upside down to reach the other guy who's standing on someone else. Is it easy to get up to the top? No, it's not. It's not a simple, easy slope to climb up to. But they're taking the path together as a family, as a community, to reveal the power of the gospel to who God really is. You can take that down. Let me finish with this because we have Connection Sunday and we want to meet with each other. What I'm afraid of again is this. Is that what you're hearing is, gotcha, brother. I just have to try harder. I just got to work at it just a little bit more. And I think that many of you, most of you, 
perhaps all of you know what it's like to work hard. If you've ever had a baby, that's hard work. Many of you have master's degrees. Some of you PhDs or doctorates. Some of you are working 60, 70 hours a week, maybe even in jobs you don't like. You know what it's like to persist. You know what it's like to try harder. You know what it's like to sacrifice. I am not calling you to that. It would be a horrifying thing for you to leave today and think what I have to do is to try harder. What I think what we need to do is to trust more. Trust that God has made us members of his family, of this body, for a reason. To reveal the power of the gospel in relationships. Where people make those mistakes, but still extend forgiveness because they trust God completely. Not because it's something that we are supposed to do, but because Paul says we are in Christ. We are seated in Christ. Sit, rest, bask, embrace who God is and what he has done for you. And when you begin to see the bigger picture of how we are the family of God, And how God has redeemed us in our sinfulness and wants to extend his kingdom, not only in us, but through us to reveal the power of the gospel, the redeeming power of the Holy Spirit, because God is good. Now. We understand that the path of most resistance is the better path because it is the path. That will draw us closer to God, experiencing the life of God and seeing God's redemption through the way that we live. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, keep us from being foolish Galatians who after believing by the power of the Spirit now try to perform righteousness in our own strength. Father, we are weak. But you are strong. Father, like Paul in Ephesians, he would pray that we might know the power of the Holy Spirit, the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead that now lives in us because we are in Christ. The same power that gives us the strength to trust and to do the difficult things that you ask us to do. The things that go against the grain of our nature, but the very things that strengthen us. Building our faith, drawing us close to you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, 
check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.